Hello, and welcome to Unsheet with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. Hi, and welcome to Unsheet, episode number 66, live from Sin City, Las Vegas. It's our second annual Las Vegas live show. I think this officially makes it a tradition. I, I think so. Or it's um, a fluke. <laughs> Uh, no, Fluke, Fluke's an artist. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm Kyle Gold, and I write books. <laughs> I'm Cam Hirosaki, and I try to write books. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was setting you up for that one. Yeah, oh, I wish I went and took it and just ran with it. Yeah, you 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 took it good, like a um, pro. We're gonna we're, we want to shout out a thanks to our audience who came all the way here from various and sundry locations around the strip to see us live uh we have an audience of more than one this time yes so yay thank you guys i was gonna say you guys make the show happen but really i think that's kit yeah kit makes the show happen they make it fun (laughs) they do make it fun um, so, Happy New Year, everyone. This is our first show of 2011, and we're very excited for the coming year. We have a lot of great stuff coming up that uh, we want to tell you guys about. But we thought we would start off with a little bit of looking back at 2010, which, uh, you know, it was a mixed year for some people. It was, uh, you know, I had a pretty good year myself. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably just talk about yours and not mine. <laughs> about the best well, thing I can say about my 2010 is that our podcast got kind of legit. Yeah. That was pretty I mean, cool. podcast did pretty well. Um, you've actually got a couple stories coming out in things, but that's going to be next year. But you yeah, wrote them this year. Yeah, but I wrote year. them. Yeah, I have like a freakish slew of stories that I got picked up for publication like in the last quarter of the year. I don't know how that happened. It certainly wasn't on purpose. <laughs> I was trying to work on summer. <laughs> I can't finish it. Um, but I had, uh, yeah. But I mean, you get you get these things because you know you write well, and people are like, "Hey, would you write a story for me?" And then you say yes, and that's how I got them anyway. And then they give me wine. Then they give you wine, which is always a desired end result. Um, the ends justify the means. <laughs> the. Um, so 2010, uh, I had a couple books come out. Shadow of the Father came out in January. Bridges in February. Um, people bought them and liked them, so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, I finished uh, the sequel to Out of Position, which I'll talk about more a little bit later on in the show. We actually have a little copy of it sitting up here on the desk. Um, and uh, got a lot of other good writing stuff done. A couple stories coming out. And uh, overall, it's been a pretty good year. And... Uh, Vegas seems like the appropriate place to announce that uh, Kit and I finally, Kit made me a an honest fox last year. We got married, so that was kind of cool. Aw. I'm going to make the obligatory tying the knot joke before our listeners do in their heads. You're welcome, <laughs> listeners. And too, late. <laughs> yeah, too late. Too late. For, so for like the couple dozen people who are listening to this who already did have that go through their head, they're going to feel super embarrassed now. I'm calling them out. Yeah, good, good show. That's why that's why we keep you here on the on the podcast. Well, otters don't have knots, so <laughs> so there. Right. Okay. Um, uh, two sips of wine, and I'm already losing it. <laughs> and 
Kid, wow, kid like any other comments on 2010? Jesus. I mean, apart from the whole, you know, political stuff, which we don't really want to touch. But I think, um, you know, Furry Publishing in general had a pretty good year. Uh, Fur Planet's putting out a lot of titles. So Fool's putting out titles. I keep seeing stuff come out from Rabbit Valley, who are here in the audience. Um, Lady Gaga finally got the recognition she deserved. Lady Gaga got the recognition. I, I should let Hirosaki-san talk about that. He's much more in tune with Lady Gaga than I am. Well, I first fell in love with Lady Gaga in the summer of 2009 when I was down in Burbank outside of Los Angeles. And let me know. I don't know where the story is going. Uh, <laughs> actually, just an excuse for me to take a drink. That was actually when we started doing Unsheathed. Yeah, it was. Remember, I was, on, I was on the we road. Were in, we were in discreet locations. And that was that was the trip that I that I like finally like I knew who Lady Gaga was and I had heard some of her songs, but that was when she finally clicked for me. Was on that trip. Wow! So yeah. Lady Gaga and Unsheathed are tied. Um, we're it, we're inextricably, inextricably. Yes, there's a better word. Inextricably, inextricably tied. So what are we going to do to celebrate the release of her new album next year? Oh, we should um, this year. It is this year. This coming year. Yes. She she announced on her Twitter feed that her new album's coming out on May twenty third. <laughs> For those of you who couldn't hear that, that was the squeal of a little girl. <laughs> I was actually wondering, I'm like, I wonder if the mic picked that up. Can we fix that in post? Can we insert like the Wilhelm scream or something? <laughs> no, just the scream of a uh, otter. Okay. Sounds good. That can be one of our sound bites that we always talk about making but never do. Right, right. It's just time. We need more interns to help with the podcast. Um, so, sorry, Kit. I asked you a question and then started talking right over you. Any other comments on 2010? No, uh, 2010 was a great year. Um, really exciting with your publications, and uh, you know the marriage was pretty awesome. It was pretty, pretty awesome, and continues to be. Um, what about our uh, listeners out there? Anything stick out about 2010 that you guys want to share with us? We do have a microphone, so feel free to walk on up and, and speak into it or shout loudly. Oh, here we are. We've got audience member the first. Introduce yourself. Hi there. I'm Fox Lord. How's it going? In Good. 2010, after 12 plus years participating in furry, I finally got a fursuit. Wow. Oh, there you go. Congratulations. What, what is it? Oh, go, come back here. What did you get? Uh, it's a Dalmatian fursuit. I debuted it at Anthrocon this year. So cool. if you saw a Dalmatian walking around dressed up like a Hogwarts student, that was me. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Giza steal it at MFF. <laughs> Giza really enjoyed stealing my fursuit as much as he could, and he doesn't fursuit much, so I, eh, whatever. He can, he can try it. He seemed to have cool. a good time. Cool. Congratulations. I think one of our listeners had a website startup. <laughs> in 2010? <laughs> was it 2009? It was 2009. Wow. Yeah, can we talk about it anyway? Yeah, talk about it for a bit, because you, you had some legit stuff going on with it. I, yeah, I it became legit. Yeah? Yeah, so, no. It, um, Who are you? I'm Lovejoy. You can tell from my insanely high-pitched voice. Anyway, yes, my site, weaselwordsmith.com, um, got its one-year anniversary in September of 2010, which makes it, it which I had to renew and pay for it to uh, be active again, so that kind of made it legit, because I got a year hosting for free, so now it's now I'm in the red on the site, so uh, now I have to keep going. Very cool. So, you know, if you guys want to advertise your podcast on our banner ads, we uh, currently only advertise for Rapid Valley. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, their advertising space Speaking is Speaking of Rabbit Valley. Rabbit Valley? <laughs> Rabbit Valley. Rabbit Valley. <laughs> Rabbit Valley. Anyway, enough of the silliness. Andrew Rabbit of Rabbit Valley, and uh, we advertise with Weasel Wordsmith. Yay. I think we're ready for a renewal, aren't we? Yeah, February, you run out. Ah, remind me about that. I'll send you a check. I have to keep remembering this is not my podcast. Must not be funny. <laughs> Too late. I know. Hi, guys. Uh, we're very proud to be in perpetual back order of almost every Sofa Wolf title that's ever existed at this point, you know. And for Planet Title. And, for, and, and our, well, actually, we have lots of our titles. That's because we print in bulk. That's a good point. We should stop doing that so much. No, wait a minute. We should keep selling more is what we should do. Shut up before you hurt yourself. I know. This wine's very good, by the way. It's nice and fruity like me. Yeah, it was a good year. 2010 um, marked tr- the end of a trend of really bad years. That's very That's true. Good. We always like to hear that. So uh, I'm hoping 2011 just keeps going the way 2010 went, and uh, it'll be good. Awesome. Best Yay. of luck. Thanks Thank for coming by. Thanks for continuing to support publishing in the fandom. Hop, hop. <laughs> um, anyone else? Uh, another friend of the friend of the show. Not just a friend of the show, but our new not, and not best friend of the uh, yes. oh, wait, is this our this, this is our roadie, our first roadie, our first roadie. Yeah, we have a roadie now. Now you know we're legit. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is not tube. <laughs> so 2010 was a pretty good year for me because I wrote a short story. Well, but while I was writing a short story, it turned into a novella, and then while I was writing the novella. Or rewriting the novella, it turned into a novel. I know how that feels. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. a good feeling. Uh, no, it's so not. <laughs> I believe it is. No, it's without a good feeling question, when you finish. Without question, the most highly anticipated novel to be released at FC uh, this year. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I can't even think of any others that. No, that, no, nor can I. It's called Smiley and the Hero. You should you should definitely read it because it'll be the the most bodacious book you buy this year and and where would people be able to procure that that's a highly sought after novel at further confusion that's at the fur planet table and uh i may be around for signings and that sort of thing and you can look me up at panels at fc2 i'll be around. awesome i believe you're on a few panels with us actually yeah i, I, have, so. I have a panel tastic convention yes I may have said one or two derogatory things about other people's books just now that may mean I'm not on any panels with you. <laughs> no, no, you'll be on the panels. Oh, good. I feel so much better the way Ooh, you smirked at me at and laughed and, and nodded wickedly as you said that. Uh-huh. We will, uh, we will make that happen. But we're all looking forward to further confusion. Well, congratulations on the books. Um, and speaking of books... We asked our listeners a couple weeks ago to send us in some recommendations for books that they read in 2010, uh, preferably but not necessarily that came out in 2010. Uh, We got a few, so we're going to read some of those letters, but first we're going to talk about some of the ones that we enjoyed from 2010. Um, You want to go? Which category are we starting with? Books. Okay, that's what I thought. (laughs) I'm I'm looking at the notes and listening to him talk, and so I'm a little just. I'm here, I promise. Drink more wine. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get to read as many books as I would have liked to, but part of that had to do with the fact that I had to read drafts of Isolation Play three times, which was very much appreciated by me, and I'm sure will be appreciated yes, by the listeners. It's not a short book, so it did take a lot of my reading time up, but not in a bad way. I still paid money to buy a copy after all that, so clearly I don't hate it. I had to write it three times, so or four times. <laughs> oh, I know how that goes. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, let me... Dun, 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 dun. What? Oh, I read... Well, I've talked about Palimpsest a lot already. That was probably one of the big ones. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what else? A lot of this year is a big blur, and a lot of what I did read was stuff that, like, I read just sort of to, like, fill gaps and not necessarily um, expand my mind. <laughs> well, while, while we're talking about Palimpsest, which I also read this year, um, the author of that also wrote and released this year, Habitation of the Blessed. I wrote a review of that for Weasel Wordsmith. See, it all comes back around. It all connects somehow. Uh, I enjoyed that book quite a bit, and I think it would have a lot of appeal to the furry fandom, and I've written extensively on a couple of my live journal articles and also in the review why I think that, I mean, there's big red lines that have sex with people, and so really that should get most of my audience interested enough to pick it up. Suddenly I have regained my focus. (laughs) Um, I also read the new book from one of our favorite authors that we talk about all the freaking time. Uh, David Mitchell put out a new book called The Thousand Autumns of Jacob de Zoot. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm not Dutch. But it was... um, It's tough because all of his books now are going to be kind of measured against Cloud Atlas. And I think he tries to do completely different things every time. Uh, Black Swan Green was very different. It was a much more accessible narrative. And this book is different even from that it's a more story-driven narrative but he does flip around to many different points of view and many different narrative styles the changes in voice aren't as dramatic as they are in cloud atlas but it's still uh, quite a good book it was one of those that i felt compelled to keep reading to find out what was going to happen next yeah and, um good ending i'm really looking forward to reading it just all of his books are so good and they're all so different like he never yeah. repeats himself he's not a one-trick pony by any stretch of the imagination and i do think you'll enjoy this one quite a bit because it takes place entirely in japan in the late 18th and early 19th century just so. like my life wait yes hold on um before i got frozen in a glacier <laughs> and i also picked up a book by kazu ishiguro who's the other famous favorite author that we talk about a lot, uh, which I believe actually came out in 2009, but I didn't read it till this year. Uh, it was five short stories called Nocturnes, and it was, again, really good. It was very similar to a lot of his previous stuff in terms of people looking back on their lives and trying to figure out where things went wrong, and uh, pretty good. And of course, you know, there's various and sundry furry books, but we've kind of talked about a lot of those already over the course of the year. Um I don't know if any of them, you know, apart from mine and uh, Rikoshi's Seventh Chakra, I enjoyed. Oh, I also read Bait and Switch by Austin Crowder. Bait and Switch. That was pretty good. Um, That's put out by Anthropomorphic Dreams Publishing. And there were a whole uh, whole slew of novels from other people that came out. Uh, One of the ones that's going to be mentioned in one of our letters here, Save the Day. Um, Did Tiani's come out in february seeing spots seeing sp- it came out this year i know i don't february. remember exactly when and he put i think he put another one out this fall yeah at mff he had the fourth book in his other series that he's right, been doing the hallowed walls one yeah i forget um, what the actual title is and for some reason i can't get internet anywhere in las vegas so yeah I it's we have, very we're, we're hooked up supposedly to the room here but it's real slow um any other books you can think of Hmm. The new Black Sad came out. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> I, I bought the new Black Sad. I haven't read it yet. I've just been too busy. Um, I've got a few things on my to-read list, but I will save talking about them until I've actually gotten to read them. So we can, you know. All right. I guess that'd be 2011, though. So. 
Um, so we'll we'll read our letters here, and then we'll see if our audience has anything to add to it. Uh, Rashawn wrote in, and he he recommended fandom book that came out in 2010, Save the Day by DJ Fall. Non-fandom book that came out in 2010, Changes by Jim Butcher. Butcher. Yes, that's one of the Dresden books. And books that he read this year, The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch and Out of Position by me. Um, Buck Turner wrote in and said, I do have a book for your 2010 list. Not only did I read it this year, it was in fact released this year too. While it's not a book that I would call spectacular from a literary standpoint, it was a very highly entertaining book. It's Night of the Living Trekkies by Kevin David Anderson and Sam Stahl. As the title suggests, it's a story involving zombies and Trekkies. The basic plot is a fun little zombie romp through a Star Trek con. I'm not a big Trek fan myself, nor am I big on zombies, but as a veteran of many cons, I just couldn't resist the premise. If he were a Star Trek fan, he would know that the preferred nomenclature is Trek-er nowadays. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's helpful to know because I get like I get people telling me that they didn't they were hesitant about picking up out of position because they didn't like football, and so it's helpful to know that a book about zombies at a Star Trek convention could appeal to people who are not zombie fans and not Star Trek fans, or who are not zombies, <laughs> or not zombies, or anyway. He says, it is very much a love letter to the tropes and cliches of both zombie plots and Trek geeks, but as long as you don't stop to analyze during the read, it doesn't get overbearing. The characters may be stock types, but there are enough little details to get the reader to buy into them. Plus, half the fun is imagining what roles your own friends would fall into if a Farcon got infected with zombies. (gasps) Could that be a story idea for someone out there? I haven't really read that much in the way of other books this year, aside from the furry books and online stories, and of course the work I'm putting into the next volume of Roar I've been working on, plug plug, also available from Fur Planet. I added that, he didn't write it. Um, So that was Buck Turner. And we have one more letter. Well, it'll be available, it's published by Fur Planet. Real quick, I did get a last-minute text-in contribution to the books of 2010, just so that my producer and co-host aren't, like, glaring daggers at me for looking at my phone. Uh, No, Fuzzwolf wanted to say he finally read out of position this year, so he put that at the top of his list. Oh, well, thank him. Then above some Doctor Who novel. <laughs> Surprise! Fuzzwolf is reading Doctor Who books. Who was it this year that, that they started the Who First podcast? Yes, it was. All right. Well, there's another accomplishment of 2010. Another furry podcast. That makes three? <laughs> Hundred? <laughs> right. Maybe maybe there will be an Ursa Major Award category for him this year. Oh, I'm going to read the next email. Why don't you, why don't, why don't you read the next email? So... My New Year's resolution is not to bitch as much about the Ursa Majors. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> this is from this is from Cameo. I wanted to recommend some books. While none of these books were published this past year, I did read them this year. The first two are both Swedish, and while they're nothing of a, lo- uh, a lot content-wise, uh, they share some rather interesting history. So, uh, John Adjiva Lindqvist let the right one in, uh, and the movie that is Let Me In, I know I've heard that. Uh, the The... Um, European movie is called Let the Right One In. I think Let Me In is the... The, um, the remake? Might be the U.S. movie. Yeah. Uh, is the story uh, of the bond that forms between a bullied 12-year-old Oscar and his mis- and a mysterious newcomer, Eli. Oscar happens to only see Eli at night. When she appears to be a uh, 12 or 13-year-old girl, she is much, much more. The book explores the issues of bullying, isolation, adolescence, and gender. Most, frequent, uh, most recently, Linkvist's story has been turned into a film, first in Swedish and then an American remake this past fall. 
I highly recommend this book, especially with the torrential downpour of the horrific Sparkly Vampire <laughs> series. It is very dark and very mature. I actually have a comment to make about Sparkly Vampires, but I'll wait till after the letter. Okay. The second Swedish novel I would like to recommend has also been made into a movie with an American uh, version of the work. Stieg Larsson's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo is the opening novel in the posthumously published Millennium Trilogy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like everyone is reading these books. I was sitting on a plane next to two people who were reading different ones. Yeah, and one yeah. of my one of the sports people I follow, Peter King, has been reading them too. So yeah, my dad's yeah. actually on the third one. Yeah, he's been reading them. Uh, the tale follows the recently convicted of libel economic journalist Mikhail Blomqvist. He is hired by Henrik Wanger, the former CEO of the Wanger Corporation, to discover what became of his niece, Harriet, who went missing some 30 years previous. During his investigation, he enlists the help of a hacker, an employee of a security firm, Elizabeth Salander. The story is rich in intrigue, dysfunctional families, horror, and sadism. <laughs> Just like that, but... And I love, the, I love that immediately after that he writes, <laughs> I enjoyed it, and I know many other people have as well. It's the sadism, isn't it? The last book I want to recommend is a short romantic comedy written by Rachel Cohen and uh, David Levithan, Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. That was actually on my to-read list, and I never got around to it. The story is told from alternating perspectives that shift with each chapter following the exploits of Nick and Nora, who spend the night out in New York City. Nora, from an elite private school, hates her school peer, Tris, who cheated on her ex-boyfriend, Nick, with from Hoboken, the ex-boyfriend, is still in love with Tris. Nick and Nora never met before this night. When Nick agrees to beat Nora's boyfriend for 10 minutes, he did not expect it to be a show for Tris. The misadventure continues from there. Like the other two books, this has been adapted into a movie as well. I'm noticing a trend here with the books you seem to like. I think he likes <laughs> books. He selects books that are so good that they get made into movies. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounded way snarkier than I meant it to. I enjoyed that was the your book. resolution, wasn't it? No. <laughs> I enjoyed the book primarily because it is an alternative romance paired so well with indie and obscure music references. I recommend this book, especially to those who like Scott Pilgrim, and not because Nick was also played by Michael Sarah in the movie, but because of the alternative romance with the indie music backdrop. Lastly, I would like to simply put out a plug for Garth Nix's Old Kingdom series, which is amazing fantasy. I think that's Keys to the Kingdom, isn't it, or something? Uh, like, I know. I mean, I've heard of the books. Something but. Something Monday. It's the one. It's the Days of the Week one, isn't it? Or is that a is different it? one? Oh, I'm not sure. I think Garth Nix may also have written a Days of the Week one, but it may not be the Old Kingdom series. Okay. I mean, I know I read his Monday Nix book, is, which but. was actually pretty good. I just never went and picked up Tuesday. Okay. Also, Hirosaki Sensei should consider moving to Morristown, New Jersey, because it might help him finish his book by living in the development known as Summerhill. Um, I don't know if anything would help. I don't think New Jersey would... Actually, New Jersey might put me in the right mindset for some of the story. <laughs> yeah? Uh, I know which scene you're thinking of. I know. You just wander around Trenton for a couple hours. Oh, no. Uh, like, I've already been to Troy, New York. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, no offense to inhabitants of Troy, New York. Thanks, Cameo, <laughs> Buck, and Rashawn for writing in. Uh, anybody in the audience want to add books that they read this year that they would like to recommend? I'm, I, I'm amused that you felt the need to defend the citizens of Troy, New York, but not the people of Trenton. Well, no, I've been to Trenton. <laughs> I mean, the city's motto is plastered on a huge bridge across the city, and it says, Trenton makes the world takes. Wow. I'm not making that up. Um, but uh, we welcome alternative viewpoints. So any listeners from Trenton who want to write in and tell us why we should come visit your city and do a live show there, we will definitely give it some thought. 
I would be amazed if we have any listeners in Trenton. I would too, but do they know. know what podcasts are over there? <laughs> you started. I don't even want to answer that one. Um, I was in the middle of thinking about something else, and I can't remember what it was now. Um, oh, out of position. Yeah, I got another letter this month from someone who'd read out of position and said. I used to hate football, but now I understand it, and I've gotten to really like it because of reading Out of Position. And it's, you know, I keep going back to the old, I dug up my old fantasy series, and the Catherine Kurtz Dorini series had a line they used to say, the humans fear what they do not understand. And I think that applies to football. It's like football girlfriends. I don't know what that means. Or like, you know, like when you're like, I know football widows. Oh, uh, I was thinking more like when you have like a guy who like tries to get his girlfriend into football and oh, you can't oh, enjoy right. watching the game because you have to explain every play. Well, if they're if they're engaged with it, I mean, you could say the same thing about well, like, if you could say the same thing about people who try to bring their significant others into being in furries. And I'm like, well, what kind of animal do you want to be? And they'll just like pick something at random, and they're not really involved or engaged in it. I'm a wolf with glitter wings. So the sparkle of vampires thing. Someone recently um, sent around a link, and I've, I've in the past I've defended Stephanie Meyer a little bit by saying, okay, you know, by objective standards, she's not that great a writer, but she is selling millions and millions of books. She is doing something right, and I have not read the books, and I'm not really willing to put the time into reading them to find out what that is. But she's doing something right that appeals to a large portion of the country and the world and simply because we happen not to be in that portion of people she's appealing to doesn't mean that she's not doing something right Um, and actually one of our other friends forwarded a link to an article where somebody mentioned specifically what stephanie meyer is doing right and she uh, according to the article she introduces conflict early on and clearly we immediately know you know what the what the protagonist wants, why she can't get it, um, who Edward is. Um, she introduces the conflict, the the romance, and keeps the tension going. And this person says she, she, there is conflict and tension on every page. Like on every page there's something happening, somebody's being prevented from doing something, or there's some kind of conflict going on, or a reference to a past conflict, and that just keeps the tension moving. It keeps people turning the pages. The fact that you've introduced this romance that can never be for whatever reason and yet they both want it that's a really powerful driver of story something that is set up to break the rules but the people are afraid of what they might do but they really really want to do it you know you could clearly get four or five books out of that so i was a little bit I'm always interested because, you know, if she, if they were authentically terrible books and there was no redeeming qualities to them, she would not be selling millions and millions of copies. She would not have movies made out of her books. There is something there. And simply because it's not directed at us doesn't mean that we shouldn't take a look at it, learn from it, and appreciate it. So yes. know, that was my rant. <laughs> also, at this point, like, trying to rag on Twilight is, like, the, you know, critical equivalent of shooting fish in a barrel, so... <laughs> shooting dead fish in a barrel because it's been done so often already can we retire ragging on twilight yeah it's on the list all right (laughs) awesome thank you lovejoy's list of things we're retiring yeah lovejoy's retiring some stuff from 2010 so he should tell people what they are so that oh god i don't remember what they all are i've been drunk every time i thought of the list um but yeah since it's 2011 i think we should uh 
retire some of our old memes and running gags that we've been using throughout the year. Um, we'll, we'll add a uh, ragging on Twilight as if that's some new thing that we can do. Um, but God, I don't remember what they were now. You wanted to retire pro tip, but I still like that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it started, it started with you, uh, making a double rainbow joke. So we're retiring double rainbow. No, I actually started to make it. And then I said, I can, I, I can't still do that now. It's 2011. And you said, no, we're retiring that. Okay. So I right, asked so we, that about that one and I'm so okay we, with that one. Yeah, that one's done. Um, so no more totally awesome. What does it mean? Right. Yeah, no, no, gotcha. no more across the sky. No, none of it. Right. You can just appreciate rainbows for what they are again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> They're back to being normal. I think. I think we're all. I think we're all very pleased about that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and and that's. As far, do you remember any of the other ones? No, nobody. You have a nomination. Yeah. We've, I thought we tried to retire that in 2010. Uh, yeah, that yeah. one should that one should have been retired a long time ago. People are still using it, and I will say that I used it uh, probably two months ago. Um, one of my co phrase was, yeah. I, I'm sorry, in case the mic oh. didn't pick that up, the phrase was, I th- uh, not too would like to retire. I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Oh, I do remember the other ones. Uh, we were retiring anything that involves saying adjective noun is adjective. Oh. Right. Yeah. And I don't agree with that one either. You tried to retire that like six months ago, and it didn't take. So I yeah. Well, now I'm making it official. It's retired. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast will always be a safe haven for that. <laughs> if you if you need to seek asylum from somewhere, you can come on Unsheathed, and we'll let you do that. Accepting podcast is accepting. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> is why i hate you guys um and i know uh i know cam doesn't want it but i feel like we need to retire achievement unlocked in your in your twitter feed in fact hashtags as a whole are kind of uh going away twitter uh changed how they mark trends they're no longer limited to hashtags so just putting words in your twitter feed will uh will do the job Oh, interesting. If you don't, I if it's not that. a hashtag that's like a game that you want to click and see what everyone else is also saying, there's no reason to do a hashtag. Well, people had started using hashtags to add as kind of emoticons almost, like verbal emoticons for the post. Or like punchlines. To say like, <laughs> so that you can say something and then add another layer to it by saying, by putting the hashtag on there. And I have sort of a vague picture in my head of what I mean, but I can't bring it to mind right, right. now, like... This yeah. includes the hashtags, what is this, and I don't even, which was the other thing on the list right, that we were right, retiring right. What for. is this, I don't even, you were retiring. Yes. So, so that was, we have, that's five I, I things we're so okay far. with that. I, I haven't gotten buy-in from the otter yet, but. Um, as long as we can keep, I'm 12 years old, and what is this? Because I don't think that one got enough love. <sighs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay. Point, so, counterpoint so I, on unsheathed. I, I would like to offer a counter argument to this entire concept of retiring things here. So the, fir- the secret of comedy is the first time you say it, it's funny. The second time you say it, it's not quite as funny, but you still laugh a little bit. The third time, it's not funny anymore. The fourth time, it turns into a running gag. The fifth time, the sixth time, and seventh time, people start going, okay, now I get it. After that point, it becomes an inside joke until enough people know about it that it becomes then part of the culture. So... Here we are talking about retiring certain things from the uh, from the culture here, and uh, as well, I think we should embrace them. So, well, well said. There you go. Oh, agreeing wolf agrees. There you go. <laughs> embracing bunny is embracing. Is. That's how it, it works. wasn't adjective noun is adjective. There you it was go. Adjective noun verbs. Oh, that's true. 
stay. <laughs> Counterpoint to that, though. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, it becomes quoting Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Which is canon. Which, but when you do it, everyone is just sick of it. We know you can. Stop it. Oh. <laughs> wow, a little culture war in our, in our hotel like room. It's like insulting the Bible at this point. You just can't do that. Well, actually, you can. Yeah, I was going to say, funny. pick a better example. I know, i got to stop being funny again, sir. Uh, um, so, in conclusion, all your base are belong to us. No, we're still going. So, so, so here's what I'll do. So, so any good any good comedian will have something that everyone uses. As soon as everyone starts using it, they stop. So this is kind of our thing. If we are going to continue to, because I feel like, at least among the fandom, what is this? I don't even was kind of the fandom kind of helped to do it. So like as leaders in it, stop. Now we can stop, and now we'll come up with new things and make all these uh, lesser people that I look down on all the time. <laughs> Weasels have long snouts. That's why we uh, can look down on people a lot. Right. So then uh, we can come up with new things and feel superior about them. Really, I'm just a hipster douchebag. <laughs> and that's why we're retiring everything. See, now I can think of as Lovejoy can't enjoy his podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, no. <sighs> that one can stay, because we'll do it ironically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, there was a... Um, I want to say it was a Tom Tomorrow strip that was like the evolution of a pop culture saying, and it was... Like, somebody says it, someone else thinks it's funny, and they repeat it. Other people think it's novel, and they repeat it. Continues to get funny, then becomes widespread use. People get tired of it. Unaware people are still using it. Everybody gets sick of it. Backlash. And then returns as ironically used. And then has a second resurgence of popularity, ironically. It was, he had this whole thing plotted out. It was much funnier than I'm able to reproduce it here. Um... Um, so movies. Yes, movies. <laughs> I, I, I did see a lot of movies in 2010. More than um, I've read books. I did. Uh, Kit and I have prepared our top six movies. Okay. Uh, and I don't know if you've prepared a list or if you want us to kind of go through um, ours first. and Go through it because you cover a lot of the ones that are all going to be on mine because I have uh, all, all but one of them I've seen. but And I have a couple of like honorable mentions to add to the end. Okay. Um, so, in alphabetical-wise order, uh, we liked Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yes, it was just an illustration of the book, but it was one of the better ones, and at this point, that's kind of all you expect from the series. They're not going to put all the depth and stuff from the books into the movies, and I think we thought they handled the dreaded camping scene pretty well. Like, it didn't have the drawn-out angst and tedium that the book did so plus good performances from the kids they they were pretty much just kind of reading lines the first movie or two but since then they've um they've become pretty good actors i was gonna say actually like thinking back on it drawn out angst and tedium like describes a lot of the last three books yeah it does which is which is i think deliberate and unfortunate um but they were all compelling, and she sold millions and no, millions of books. So I wouldn't say I didn't like the books, yeah. but there that that is a, a flaw I'm, with them. I'm always impressed with the movies, kind of as a sidebar, when they add a scene that I don't think was in the books, but which really resonates and that I remember long after the movie. Um, and I'm not going to mention which the one is in part seven yet, because even though I'm sure most people have seen it, eh, you know, I haven't seen spoilers, it. Spoilers, whatever. But in the third movie. There was a great scene. It was like 
two minutes maybe of just all the boys sitting in the dorm room talking about some irrelevant thing like elephants or something like that. And it was just such a great bond and scene of, you know, this is what boys at a prep school would talk about in their dormitory. And I thought it added just a great bit of texture that wasn't in the books. And I still, you know, I still, it still stuck with me from the movie. Uh, Inception. We liked it a lot. We argued about it. Um, I, I have to say, I, there's a lot of flack I get from Inception. Like the people seem to say, like, oh, like if you've seen it once, like it doesn't hold up on repeat viewings. I've seen Inception three times, and I still really like it. Like, you know, if, every time I've seen it, I've I've enjoyed it. Yeah, and I thought it holds up. Uh, we each have our own theories about what the reality of Inception is, uh, and I think the fact that it admits to several possible ones is a sign of a skillfully made movie. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's another movie I've seen about three times. Yeah, that that got some enthusiastic thumbs up from our audience. Um, Kit and I actually I think this might be our favorite movie of the year. Uh, and then a bunch of movies that start with T. Uh, Tangled was really good. Uh, I wrote a one-line review of it in Weasel Wordsmith. Or did I? No, I didn't. I should have. I was asked to and I didn't. Or rather, I wrote it and you didn't use it. That's okay. You're just a hipster douchebag. He's a hipster douchebag. That's right. I'm just a hipster he got to like, douchebag. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd be the only person in this room who would get that. Uh, anyway, Toy Story 3. Good ending to the series. And uh, Oh, I, I wrote this as Train Dragon, but it was actually How to Train Your Dragon, so it should have been second on my list. Alphabet I was like, Train's new single. Train Dragon. Train Dragon. <laughs> Um, wow, I can imagine how that would go, but I don't really want to try singing it. Anyway, How to Train Your Dragon, good characters, fun story, yeah. um, good dialogue, good voice acting overall. As uh, far as little yeah. couple structural hiccups, but overall it was... I think it's probably DreamWorks' best animated outing in a while. Kung Fu Panda? Oh. Mm. Well, Shrek was a while, but Kung Fu Panda yeah. was last year. So. See, like they overdid Shrek, in my opinion, is the thing. Yeah. Over the Hedge was two years ago, right? Two oh eight. Oh, Over the Hedge was a lot a few years ago. Three years ago. Really? Was it oh seven? Yeah, I think it was. I thought Over the Hedge was pretty good. Bruce Willis was good in it. Of course, you did. <laughs> so uh, that's like me saying I like Robin Hood best of all the Disney movies, even though it's not really the best of all the Disney movies. So, that, so like, I, I agree with all that list. Uh, the only movie of that list I didn't see was, was Harry Potter just because you know, my schedule didn't work out. I'm sure it's still in theaters. I can probably catch it like on the cheap, uh, and I probably will. Uh, other 2010 movies, uh, adding to the Leonardo DiCaprio mindfuck genre, uh, I really liked Shutter Island. Shutter uh, Island good about that. Uh, was really it. good. It's one of those movies where I can see where it's a love it or hate it movie, uh, although I think... <laughs> The hate it's are probably people who just don't have the mental fortitude to follow what the movie's about. Uh, I'm sorry you people aren't smart enough to understand and appreciate this movie. Yeah. Well, I didn't make the movie, so I can say that. Uh, the other movie that I want to throw onto the list is actually Easy A, um, which was actually the writing in that was really snappy. It reminded me of like an, like an, an 80s John Hughes movie. Oh, nice. Uh, I actually think you would really like it. It's got really cool dialogue. Um, Isn't that the one uh, with the gay kid who asks the girl to pretend to sleep with him? Yes. Okay. And uh, 
It stars uh, Emma Stone, or aka the chick from Zombieland, who is like now an actual actress, or is on her way to becoming one. Awesome. Uh, any movies that we missed that someone in the audience wants to stand up and talk about? Go, go. So we've covered most of the big ones. Uh, this is not two, but also uh, not Jacoby is going to uh, be very surprised to hear me say this, but I, I really think people should go see Black Swan or uh, yeah. rent it when it comes out, I, I guess, at this point. Um, there are elements that are that are relevant to our interests, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it's I can't say that I entirely liked it, but it's still stuck in my head for um since i saw it there's there's images that you just that stay with you and not quite in a splice way but yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. but uh uh it's it's darren aronofsky so i think that both both the movie's great strengths and weaknesses come from his distinctive style and it's definitely something you won't forget after you see it cool anyone else come on up uh, one of the ones i saw this year isn't exactly oscar winning material and People probably disagree with me on it, but uh, I saw Jackass 3D, and I, <laughs> I I laughed myself stupid. It was just one of those movies you can go to, not really expect anything at all, because there really wasn't anything except those guys who are they're getting on in their age, and I think this might be their last movie. But my God, I nearly fe- I fell out of my seat more than once laughing at that stupidity. It was just <laughs> brainless wonderfulness. Is that a word? It, it is now. Sure. And for those of you who can't afford a movie ticket to see Jackass 3D, just go back to the last few weeks of NFL and watch Brett Favre. Oh! oh. <laughs> really? Yeah, I went there. Oh. You had to... You, <laughs> By virtue you, of him retiring, we can retire those jokes as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to jokes about Brett Favre in principle, but it's like... You kind of wanted to make the jokes about him when he was being a douche about whether he was going to retire or not. Not when he's injured, barely barely able to play, has just been fined for lewd conduct, and is probably not going to, you know, had his consecutive wins, consecutive start streak snapped and everything. It's like, oh, you could have kicked him last year, but you had to wait till he was down. See, Star Trek The Next Generation went out when it was on top. Seventh season, like that was as good as it was going to get, and they knew when to step out of the spotlight. Everyone knows that Favre should have just been done two years ago, and he hung around, and like he could have been like remembered really? as a- two years ago, including last year when he came within one pass of going to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, but it would have felt cheap. <laughs> this is this is like you with that that guy in the casino today, where or not you, but Lovejoy, where he was like. You just made a big win. You should quit now. And then, like, three spins later, he won the same amount again. Yeah, that asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, he probably should have quit, but he didn't, and it worked out okay. But he probably should have quit this year. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll agree on that. We'll agree on that. So, speaking of people who should retire. No, I'm sorry. Um, Red. Did you guys go see this one yet? Red. Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, I want to be my, my my grandmother at this point. There's no other way out of it. Anybody who can be looking sexy and carrying a gigantic ass gun just needs to win an award or some or extra or three or four of them there. You know, we, we heard from a lot of people who enjoyed it, so yeah. that yeah. might be on our rental list. It's, yeah, it's definitely one of those too. movies that's you know proving the that the comic novel? book genres are just. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand it. It's like all the good 
movies seem to be coming out of comic books lately, even random stuff. You know? Yes, come by Comic-Con and you will see that in action. Yep, very true. Although, did you hear that the lead actress in the Spider-Man musical has decided to quit? Bef- before she well, dies. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, she's she's kind of trailing the writing staff and all the quality quality check people at this point. It's called Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. You know, less said about the Spider-Man musical, the better. Why don't you make a musical about Spider-Man? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why would you make a Christmas special with Star Wars people? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense either, no. but people do it. And hey, now, Harvey Corman was amazing in that. Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad. I felt embarrassed for Harvey Corman watching that. Like, wow. Don't 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 break the otter. No, no. It, it, I do have to say, the best part of the Star Wars holiday special, it is. According to what most most fans say, it's the little animated feature with Boba Fett. That's not true. It's really not that good. The best part of the Star Wars Holiday Special is B. Arthur as Ekmina singing her Cantina song to the crowd like "Good Night, Goodbye." That's the like the one shining gem of that entire shit bag of a Holiday Special. <laughs> Speaking and, of which, one of, one of to everyone, one of my New Year's resolutions was going to be like, don't mention Star Wars so much on the podcast. Yeah, I kind of led you into that, but one, you led though. me into that, and like also, and you started with Star Trek. I mean, I know you can't just substitute Star Trek for Star Wars, can you? Well, no, but like this All is right. you know, I, I, I was I was this close to like you know starting the podcast by saying like execute episode sixty six, and I stopped myself for you. Well, it was your resolution, so you stopped yourself for you. I know. <laughs> so what what other resolutions have you made for 2011? Okay, here is the relevant one for the rest of the show, uh, or for the, for the listenership, rather. Uh, I'm trying to finish an actual, legitimate, publishable draft of Summerhill by the end of July. I think that that is a realistic goal to shoot for. I might have to edit and polish after that, but I at least want to get like another draft done by like the midpoint of the year. Okay. Anything else besides not mentioning Star Wars? I won't be able to hold myself to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think it's admirable that you tried, and I we will, appreciate it. I will try. You, you mentioned the holiday special, one of the most polarizing aspects of Star Wars fandom. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, for, for my part, I'm resolving to get, um, I have a bunch of things that I've lined up to do, um, this year. People have been clamoring more and more for eBooks and I'm going to get my books out on at least two more platforms, hopefully in January. Uh, we're going to look for the iBook store and the Kobo reader with services borders. Um, I'm also going to finish a draft of this novel that I'm working on and hopefully get something whipped into shape by, you know, time to release next year. And my resolution this year for the furry cupcakes is to release three of them this year. We got two out last year, um, mine and Rikoshi's, and I was very happy with how both of them came out. I would like to get one of mine out. I'm calling out Foosball. I know you are listening out there. 
nine-ish hours into the future, and I'm going to get something publishable out of you this year, and hopefully we can get something else out of Rikoshi and get three books out and keep the quality up the way we've been doing in the past. Uh, And I'm hoping to get a few short stories out into different venues. I had one short story accepted by a circlet press publication, which was kind of cool. That was supposed to go on sale, I thought, at the end of last month, but they didn't have anything up on their site. So keep checking the Live Journal and FA account, and I will let people know when it's available. But I've been very excited by the other stories in the publication that I got the chance to read. So I think it's going to be a neat thing. And I'm going to try to keep getting, keep sort of exposing more other markets to furry stories and kind of try to draw furry people out into other venues as well. And try to see if we can't get a little more breadth and depth into the fandom publishing. Um, What else am I going to try to do this year? The book tour. Oh, yeah. We're going to try to get out there and see some of the people that are not on the West Coast at furry conventions. Um, By we, he means them too, not us three. Mean Kit, yeah. And Hirosaki, whenever he can make it. Uh, We're hoping to get out to FWA this year. We've already had a little bit of interest in that. Get them down to the ATL. <laughs> Nobody calls it that. Hotlanta? Right. I'm sure they would like to retire Hotlanta, but <laughs> they're not here, so they don't get to do that. Uh, we're, I believe Hirosaki and I are both going to be down at Furry Fiesta, where we have a live unsheet yeah, schedule. Yeah, I'm like 70%. Okay. I am, there's weird life stuff that may interfere with that. Okay. And um, I'm on the schedule. <laughs> Kit and I are going to try to get out to some other places around the country. We talked before about if you have a local bookstore or something that you think would be a good place for a sign-in and you can get 15 people to say that they'll show up, then we will consider it as a stop on our tour. And we'll definitely be going up and down the West Coast as well because we know those places and we love them. All the way from here to Crystal City. Yes. Um Oh, Actually, reference from, joke. from Crystal City to Pelagia. Ooh, oh, all the way out to Pelagia. That, that's yep. right. You will be up there. Kit, any resolutions to share with our listeners? I'm still resolving to get Kevin Smith on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for episode 100. We should, what we should do is actually set up one day where we should get all our listeners to tweet to Kevin Smith that he should be on Unsheathed, like, all in the same hour so that he gets a bunch at once. And then he's like, what the hell is this? People shut up. <laughs> but maybe he would tweet that, in which case he would have taken notice. You know, so, if, if Kevin Smith falls through, maybe we can get one of our audience members to get our inside loop and we can get, like, Carrot Top. Chris Angel. Oh, Chris Angel. I would take Chris Angel. You can have it. You can have All right, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> Las Vegas, no love for Chris Angel. <laughs> wow. Um, so stay tuned. We're going we're gonna to roll out some plans to get Kevin Smith on the podcast. And if not him, maybe Jason Muse. In episode 200, Lady Gaga. Right. Because she is integrally tied to our podcast. Um, Anybody out there want to share resolutions that they're making for 2011? Anything you want to be held to for the year? Oh, I know what I want to be held to. Andrew Rabbit, Rabbit Valley. As many people know, I work for myself, and one of my goals is to pick up one more client this year so I don't have to go find a legitimate job, and I can keep working from home. Cool. That's a good resolution. Yep. Anybody else? Yay for personal betterment. Lovejoy, do you have any resolutions for this year? (laughs) (laughs) 
We're calling out calling out our uh, yeah, media weasel. Thanks. Um, the I mean I've I've quite a few goals for my site that I want to do, which is the main one being that I need to figure out exactly what the hell it is um, and what people want it to be. So we're gonna kind of open that up to the few but faithful readers we have and really kind of start shaping that into being a resource that the fandom actually uh, can use. Oh, cool. And uh, where could people email suggestions to if they have ideas about what to do with your site? <laughs> you can shove them up here. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. My second resolution is I'm going to be nice to my readers. Um, uh, no, you can but, email but them. But that means you have to be a reader before he'll be nice to you. So. Yeah, you have to prove that you've read the site. You're still going to be mean to authors, though, right? Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I will never stop being mean to authors. That's the whole point. Uh, but you can email any suggestions or you know, a compliment would be nice um, <laughs> to lovejoy at weaselwordsmith.com. Wow. Fishing for compliments. Really? I don't get any. <laughs> to be fair. Give, give Lovejoy some love was, and some joy. I was going to say, like, to be fair, Kit did drag him in front of the microphone. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Hey, if any of, if any of the listeners out there are making resolutions that they would like to be permanently recorded and broadcast to tens of people around the country, um, write them in. We will read them on the next show where we do emails or something. Um, and uh, oh, I was going to talk a little bit about isolation play. I'm going to keep it short because we're running up to our time. But we actually, I spent uh, about two hours probably. Uh, last week at the Sofa Wolf HQ, um, signing this uh, hundred and odd copies of this lovely hardcover book. Um, Kit will attest to the fact that he would occasionally wander in and see me with just staring down at a pile of books with kind of a goofy grin on my face. Um, the hardcover really looks pretty gorgeous. Yeah, we have it right here, and it is just like lickable. <laughs> yes. Um, they did. Uh, they did a great job with it. Uh, Sofa Wolf took. I mean, Blotch did an amazing cover, of course. Sofa Wolf did an amazing job packaging it. The, the production and, quality um, is very impressive, and it's just. Uh, it's just really. R- rumor has it there's two pounds worth of awesome. Really, really pretty. It is nearly two pounds. Two pounds of of uh, of book. Fox Tiger football romance action. Yes. So, uh, all the pre-orders. If you pre-ordered a hardcover book. I held it in my paws and signed it. And uh, you will either be receiving it in the mail or at further confusion. Depending on which ticky box you selected. Depending on which box you selected. And uh, the soft covers also look pretty amazingly cool. They are not much thicker than out of position, but they are about half again as heavy, I would say. Uh, it's denser. They are dense. The, the pages dense, are made but, of osmium. Uh, but the um, the screening process that they used for the artwork on the soft covers is a little bit different than I think they'd used in the past. So Wolf went with a, a different printer because it was a larger run, and uh, they came out really, really nice. Um, so everything about this book is is just really exciting, and uh, I can't wait to sit down at further confusion and tower out my possum or so come on down to the sofa wolf table and pick yours up and i will be happy to write something in it and sign it they are definitely here and ready to go that's uh, all i have to say about that any uh 
final comments from my co-host? Uh, just to remind folks about what's coming up on the show for the next couple of weeks. Sure. Uh, so I believe potentially next episode is when we might be having Colson on. Is that what I heard? Okay. Colson so, Otter. Oh, yeah. So send in uh, music, music questions. questions. We'll probably have to write yeah. this on the FAQs. I'm not sure this will come out in time for people to write in questions. Yeah. But if you have questions about the creation of music or the application of music to storytelling or how or every, otters we can both answer those or otters mer otters no, sorry. Um, don't don't write in with that then uh prepare those um and of course we have episode 69 coming up at further confusion which we're very excited about we've got It'll a, be most excellent a, a real actual um screenwriting professional who has uh, taught all of us at some point in the past, Carl York. I'm going to need extra wine to get through that. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. It's going to be one of the most special 90 minutes of my life. And probably the first author I ever saw a fandom-published novel from, Paul Kidd, who is the Further Confusion guest of honor, is oh. going to be on our show as well. Our, our in-studio audience seems to approve of, of Paul yes. Kidd. That's, that's good. And do you have any pre-questions for Paul Kidd? Do you have any pre-questions for Paul Kidd? I just want to thank him for putting out some awesome books. Rabbit Valley is one of the first people in the States to sell them. So cool. we like yeah. Paul Kidd. And, and where, where can you guys actually go to Rabbit Valley? Is there like a URL? or a? That would be www.rabbitvalley.com. <laughs> you didn't get enough of their sales pitch at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> for those of you playing at home, you should take a shot every time we say Rabbit Valley. <laughs> Um, I want I want to do the we, we we should codify the unsheathed drinking game at some point. Yeah, we should. Every time an episode starts with Cam Hirasaki being unable to introduce himself. <laughs> Every time yeah. we talk about drinking. Every time we make a blowjob reference. Oh, we hadn't had any of those this episode. We have not. I was thinking about that. We have not, and we didn't we didn't mention the dead hookers from last week. But I wasn't sure people from last week, last year. Um, hey, Pyro, if you want another storytelling suggestion, write a story about blowjobs, dead hookers, and Chris Angel. <laughs> I think we already gave Pyro a story to work on, but that's a good backup. <laughs> well, if, if the if the open-air market and the I'm picture sure by public of Picasso I'm, doesn't work out... I'm sure he will appreciate that one being crammed down his muzzle. Can I write that story? <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> Should I? That's always the question. I think he should, and then really embarrass Pyro with it. Uh, he hasn't written us in a while. I mean, he wrote us to ask for a challenge, but then we haven't heard much from him. It has been the holiday season. Yeah, well. People are busy. <laughs> people are busy. With what? Holidays. Yeah. Accidentally kicking, ho- killing hookers in their Vegas hotel rooms. Come on. Holidays is like two hours of hanging out with family, and then eight hours of hiding in your room writing your porn stories. Uh... Not for me. It what wasn't. is that? Not how everyone spends their holiday. <laughs> <laughs> At least one okay. of my audience members has my preferred holiday celebration <laughs> methods down. Um, Kit, anything to add about 2011? We are looking forward to it. We hope that you guys out here in the live audience, but also in the listening at home audience, will stick with us through 2011. We have a lot of cool stuff to do. Did you want to say something, or are you just preparing to give a thumbs up? <laughs> not to not to just like brought his hand in front of his chest and had his thumb half cocked like he was gonna 
Like he was waiting for me to say. <laughs> nobody, yes. nobody on this podcast should ever go. Oh, I've half cocked. Well, that's why we're unsheathed. Yeah, that's true. Um, Pants optional, right? Um, no, we're going to do a lot of great stuff in 2011. We would love y'all to be a part of it, and we will be. Um, we're going to, yeah, we're going to travel around a bunch of conventions. We're going to answer a lot of letters. We're going to talk about a lot of books. We're going to talk to some authors. Um, we're going to make love, joy, call us bitches, and. Uh, <laughs> hey, it worked. <laughs> Man, that was easy. Cross that one there, off the list. That's that, that's that's my other resolution for 2011 is to change my shtick from being that guy who keeps trying to write that book to the guy who wrote that book. Yeah, there you go. Yay. And um, then I can do it all over again with a different book. Kit is adding one more note to my list here. He says... Uh, anything from listeners? Yeah, is there is there anything the listeners would like to see from Unsheathed in 2011? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, write in and let us know. We don't promise to do it, but... No, but then again, I did read Christmas porn for you all last week, so... Yes. You're welcome. I, I read a story that was much more porny than any of us remembered when, I, when we decided to read it, so... I think last week had enough blowjob content to see us through to February. There, there was a great outtake in Kyle's recording of that that... Uh, Yes. I ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Apparently my impression of a weasel coming to orgasm up was met with great approval by Cam Hirazaki. And great flustering. <laughs> <laughs> I should add that did I, I did not make that impression from <laughs> any real world experience. <laughs> oh my god, I just like that to bite my tongue so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so with that I think I've Asked, uh, yeah, we're 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 getting the shut up now signal from Kit. Uh, shutting I, up now, sir. Shutting up now. We've um, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a great year. Uh, follow me on kylegold.livejournal.com. Follow me on Twitter as Kyle Gold and on FA as Kyle K Y E L L. And just a little note to all of my listeners out there: if you want to know something about me or my books. Um, Google is an awesome tool for finding out things on the internet. If you Google just the word Kyle, K-Y-E-L-L, I think most of the first entire first page that comes up is stuff related to me and my books and all. So try that, and then go ahead and send me an email. L-M-G-T-F-Y-O. You can find all of my stuff. My username is just Cam Hirasaki on Fur Affinity Live Journal and Twitter. Um, where I am, that's another thing I should resolve to do is to post more frequently because I don't post stuff often yeah, enough. Don't. I really don't. And, you know, fan outreach is important, especially when I'm pretending to write a novel. Uh, well, you are writing a novel. Oh, you're yeah. just pretending to finish it. I actually, just so people know, and like this will be like a teaser for a teaser, I have some really cool, like, promo. Uh, you know, marketing PR ideas for Summerhill as I get closer and closer to it becoming an actual like purchasable product. Cool. So look we'll forward. Look forward to look, that. Look, look forward to me having cool ideas. Um, you can also follow Kit as Kit Silver on Twitter. And I should add that if you have, if people would like to be uh, or have ideas for something to do as a show on Unsheathed, not just kind of a direction for the podcast, but if you have ideas for something that you think we should talk about or specifically if you would like to be a part of one of the shows, you should reach out to Kit Silver because he is our producer, Wolf. Yeah, and we're not and joking. He really is our producer. He really is. Um, <laughs> he controls what we do. He 
he is no i mean like he gets inside my head he's available at kit at kylegold.com on email and you can follow him on twitter as kit silver and there have been occasional inquiries from fans to uh get him an fa account that people can follow so we may work on that for the new year and uh lastly thank you to all of the audience for coming and watching us here in las vegas for braving the cold desert winter i know seriously it was down to like 25 last night or something yeah. it's insane it's been frosty freaking winter Otters um, are not used to dry or cold. We're used to damp and wet and yes, pantsless. I know and you are. <laughs> but seriously, thank you all for coming. It's been great. We appreciate the participation as always, and we look forward to a great 2011, in which all of you listeners out there should keep writing. I'll drink to that. <laughs>